Have you ever found yourself comparing yourself to other Christians? It's like you would do something or not do something. And one of the first thoughts that will pop up in your head would be, I bet so-and-so doesn't struggle with this, or I bet this person doesn't have this problem. And so we start to go down this this negative spiral, and then before you know it, we're feeling sad. We don't want to pray. We don't want to talk to God because we don't feel like we measure up. We don't feel like we're Christian enough. You know, We look at others and then look at our own lives and think to ourselves, I'm not that type of Christian. Have you ever felt that way? That is what I want to talk about today. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into another episode of Note to Self Diaries. I'm your host, Alicia Ward. And today I kind of just want to have a heart to heart with you. I'm kind of stealing that phrase from my mentor when she wants to talk about, you know, um, things that are a bit more, I don't want to say relatable because everything she talks about is relatable, but when she really wants to kind of be real, she she would often say, you know, can I have a heart to heart with you? And that is exactly what I want to um, have with you today surrounding the topic of comparing yourself as a Christian. Now, as I mentioned earlier, um, sometimes we do things or we don't do things and it immediately makes us feel as though we don't measure up. It makes us feel as though we're not as Christian-like as other people. And so what sparked um, this this topic or what inspired me to want to talk about this was the other day when I was sitting in bed, you know, about to pray and I just couldn't find the words. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know where to start. I, I was just literally at a loss for words. I was looking up at my ceiling trying to pull words from the air and nothing was happening. And the reason why it made me feel bad was that the day before that, I had a really good conversation with God. You know, I had a really good prayer that morning, just telling him exactly what was on my heart, um, talking to him about my goals and stuff like that, talking to him about my challenges. And that pumped me up and took me throughout the day. So to go from that to the following day, not knowing what to say, not knowing where to start, literally struggling through my prayers, can barely keep my focus, you know. At one point, I'm zoning in and zoning out. It it, it really made me feel awful. And I started to beat myself up thinking, you know, no, it's, it's not supposed to go like that. I'm supposed to be able to get up every morning and have a good talk with God. I'm supposed to know what to say all the time. And I really started to go down this this rabbit hole of negativity. And after a while, I just stopped trying. I just sat there in silence, not knowing what else to do, feeling embarrassed, feeling ashamed, feeling like I disappointed God because what I could not pray properly that morning. I just could not find the words to say. And so uh, I then went to get ready for work. And as I was doing that, I tried again, this time just starting with telling God exactly how I felt about that moment. And I was telling him, God, I can't believe that just happened. You know, like yesterday we had such a good conversation. I was talking to you about so many wonderful things. And then this morning I could not find the words. I feel like I disappointed you. And then I even said to him that I feel as though I let you down. I feel as though 
I'm just putting too much pressure on myself sometimes to be this quote unquote perfect Christian. And as I started to just tell God how I feel and as I started to be honest with him, he started to tell me some things and that is what I want to share with you. And one of the first things he opened my eyes to is the fact that not feeling Christian-like is not something that is unique to me. It's not something that's unique to you, meaning we're not the only ones who feel that way from time to time. You know, there are other persons out there, there are other Christians out there who struggle with feeling as though they don't measure up, who feel as though their their issues, their challenges, their struggles are just too much sometimes and, and, and they feel as though they're not making any sort of headway in life. So the first thing that I want to encourage you by or encourage you with is saying that you're not the only one to feel that way. You're not the only one to not read your Bible every day. You're not the only one to not know what to say to God. You're not the only one who struggles in their Christian walk. You know, it happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us, you know, and it's, 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 it's sad that there are some who are so, and I say this nicely, there are some who are so filled with pride that they would never let you know that they're struggling with certain things. I'm not saying that people are supposed to walk around and advertise their business, but I'm sure you can agree that you tend to relate to other believers more when they are real with you, when they're upfront, when they're honest with you. And that's one of the things I love about my mentor is that she is upfront in saying that, you know, she struggles with certain things. She doesn't always get it right. Sometimes she misses the mark. And that makes me want to be a better Christian. And that makes me want to strive to be better because it makes me feel as though, you know what, even though this is beating me up, I can continue. I'm not the only one to make a mistake you know, and that is something that we can actually take comfort in whenever we feel that way. And that is the reminder that we're not the only ones to feel that emotion. We're not the only ones to feel as though we don't measure up. We're not the only ones to compare ourselves to other Christians. What we should be careful of is to not compare to the point where it stops us from trying. You know, it's one thing to look at another person's life and be inspired by them and think to yourself, you know what, I would love to be as passionate as they are about God. I would love to, you know, um, be as disciplined in prayer as this person. But when we get to the point where we we're always looking at what they're doing and how they're doing it, it distracts us from having a relationship with God. And that's the second thing that God actually opened my eyes to. When we focus too much on other people's relationship with God, how they're walking with God, it takes away from us cultivating a good and healthy relationship with him. Think about it in the sense that imagine being with someone who is constantly comparing themselves to somebody else. You know, they're constantly saying, I'm not as pretty as her. I'm not as handsome as him. I'm not as strong. I'm not as smart. And you're looking at them like, why are you doing that? I don't care about them. I'm with you. My attention is on you. I want us to have a relationship. If I wanted to be with them, that would have been possible. But I am with you. Why are you focusing so much on their strengths and your weaknesses? And it's the same with us and God. If we're constantly 
comparing ourselves to other Christians, if we're constantly looking at what they're doing versus what we're not doing, we're taking away from the relationship we're trying to build with God. And God is just waiting for us to put it all in and come back and say, you know what, God, I struggle in this area. You know, I'm not the best at this, but I want to try. I want to get better. You may not pray as often as you like, but that shouldn't stop you from trying every day. You may not read your Bible as often as you want, but that shouldn't stop you from trying every day, a little a day, a little a day, you know? Another thing too is that there are people, well-known characters in the Bible, who have been praised for their great attributes, but they themselves had struggles. I mean, let's look at Paul, for example. Paul was once named Saul, And he was the writer of most of the New Testament books, you understand? But before that, he was a terror to the churches. He made it his mission to kill and terrorize persons who believed and follow God. Can you imagine coming from that kind of background where you literally have the blood of other Christians on your hands? And God looks down at you and says, you know what? I want you. Mess and all, mistakes and all, flaws and all, murder and all, I want you. I'm going to clean you up nicely and I'm going to use you for my purpose. Paul is a great example for us to take comfort and strength from that. No matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're going through, God is still able to use you. God, God still loves you. He still wants to be close to you. Remember, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can separate us from God's love. We can look at King David. David was well known for being a man of great stature. He was one of the more prominent figures in the Bible at that time. And He just has a tremendous background. He was the one that fought Goliath. And we all know that story. It is one of the more popular Bible stories that everyone, Christian and unchristian alike, they know the story of David and Goliath. He has a wonderful reputation. But at the same time, he was also an adulterer, a cheater. He lied. David coveted someone else's wife. He got her pregnant. When he found out she was pregnant, he ordered for her husband to be killed. Yet still, God referred to David as a man after his own heart. Like, I mean, not being able to pray sounds like nothing compared to what he did, compared to what Paul did. You understand? So when those moments of, I don't feel Christian enough, I don't feel like I'm as holy or as spiritual as so-and-so pops up in your head, think about David. Think about Paul. These are upstanding men in the Bible, but they had their flaws. They made their mistakes. They They had moments where they missed the mark. They had moments when they didn't do everything the way God told them to do it. They had moments when they disappointed God. But the difference between them and others is that they were humble enough to go and say, God, I'm sorry, I messed up. I want to do better. And they had the intention of heart to do better. They didn't just say they were going to do better. They actually strive towards doing better. 
So let's say, like me, you got up one morning and you struggled to pray, or you had all intentions to read your Bible, but you didn't, or you had all intentions to go to church, but you decided to stay home instead, and then the guilt started to really rock you. Once you go to God and say, God, I'm sorry, and you make it a pure intention to do better, God is going to forgive you. And this leads me to the third thing that God opened my eyes to, and that is God is not concerned about us appearing to be perfect Christians. He doesn't want us to appear to be perfect Christians. There's no such thing as the perfect Christian. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to miss the mark. We're not going to get everything right all the time. The only perfect one is God himself. What God is more concerned about is our willingness to obey him. He's more concerned about us actually pursuing a relationship with him. He's more concerned about us having the right intentions of heart when it comes to communicating with him, when it comes to being close to him. He doesn't care about how perfect your prayers sound. And that is something that I I used to struggle with as well, thinking I had to pull all the big words out of the dictionary when I went to pray. Only to learn that prayer is conversation with God. That is one thing my mentor taught me that I would never forget. And that is why sometimes in talking to you, I would say I had a conversation with God or you should have conversations with God because that is how I was able to really look at prayer from a different perspective. When you look at prayer as conversation with God, it makes it a bit easier for you to talk to him because you're not going to him thinking that you need to sound all holy. You're going to him really telling him what's on your heart from an honest perspective. And that is what God wants. He wants us, He wants to have as real a relationship with us as we would allow. He doesn't expect us to come all holy, dressed in white, sprinkling water on our heads and all of that. He, he's not concerned about all of that. He's concerned about us being willing to do what his word says. He's concerned about us being honest with him about how we feel about a situation. You know, growing up, I always had the impression that Christians don't get upset. Christians don't get sad. Christians don't experience depression. Christians are always supposed to be positive and happy people. And then I matured. And then I learned that is far from the truth. It's like the older you get and the more of an awareness you have of life, the more you really go through a series of emotions. So don't feel bad. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel like you're less than because you got upset about something that genuinely hurts you. Don't feel bad because you're feeling sad about something that you're going through in life right now. Don't feel bad because you're frustrated or because you feel or, or because you feel lost. You feel like you're not sure whether to go left, right, straight or whatever. You know, don't feel bad because you don't have all the answers. God doesn't care about perfection. He wants you to be real with him. He wants you to be honest with him. He wants you to be willing to do what he tells you to do. It takes Practice, I would say that. If you're so 
accustomed to well I shouldn't say accustomed but if you grew up like me with the understanding or with the false notion that Christians are supposed to act and be and look a certain way then it will be difficult to unlearn those things but it's not impossible like I said I used to think that way as well I used to think that Christians can only be happy all the time they can never be sad etc etc But then I learned that what is the point of hiding your feelings from God when he knows exactly how you feel? What is the point of trying to be positive in a moment when all you feel is grief? God doesn't expect you to be strong all the time. He says that when you're weak, you will be strong in him. He will be your strength, meaning he knows you will have weak moments. I mean, look At Elijah, for example, Elijah is a well-known prophet or was a well-known prophet in the Bible. He witnessed and experienced miraculous miracles. He was tight with God. He had unshakable faith. This man prayed for rain to stop for three years. Okay, he was a powerful man of God. Yet, one woman shook him to the core and made him run in fear of his life. A few words out of Jezebel's mouth was enough to make Elijah say, you know what, God, I ain't doing this no more. I'm done. And he ran. He fled because she said she was going to kill him if she found him. And he was scared. He got scared. This powerful man of God who prayed and asked God to not let rain fall for three years is now suddenly cowering. Because one woman said to others of him, if I find him, I'm going to kill him. We all have moments of weakness. We all have moments where no matter how much we would have accomplished, no matter how much we possess, no matter how good of a conversation we might have had with God the day before or days before that, we will have moments where we don't feel like we're enough. We will have moments where we feel as though we're disappointing God or we're not measuring up to what we think God expects of us. We will all have those moments where we don't, where we feel as though we're not that type of Christian. And I'm here to tell you that you're in good company because all of us go through that. We all experience those low moments. We all feel as though we're not good enough sometimes. But God is not concerned about perfection. And in those low moments, God still wants to encourage you. He still wants to lift you up. He wants to remind you that I'm here for you. I know you're feeling frustrated. I know you're feeling sad. I know you didn't pray yesterday and it made you feel a kind of way. I know you wanted to read your Bible, but, you know, it just didn't happen. You chose to watch TV instead. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean I love you less. That doesn't mean I'm going to turn my back on you when you come calling again. I love you too much for that. If we were to really think about God as a loving father, if we, were to, if we were to always go to him from that perspective, I think it would soften our approach and it would help us to ease the stress or ease the high expectations we put on ourselves. God understood that Elijah was scared. As powerful as he was, as, as strong as his faith was, he experienced a moment where he just threw all Christianity out the window and he was a human in that moment. <laughs> you know, sometimes we think of ourselves as, as, as robots. We're always supposed to feel 
this particular way. We're never supposed to experience negative emotions. That is not the case. God did not curse Elijah for running from Jezebel. God did not throw in Paul's face the sins that he committed in terms of killing other believers. God did not turn his back from David. What he did instead was embrace them. He encouraged them to come to him, to talk to him about what it is that they went through, what it is that caused them to give in to those weaknesses in the moment. And that is what God expects from us. He expects us to be as real with him as we feel comfortable. And the more we practice doing that, the more we find that the conversations, the prayers would flow. The final thing that I learned from that experience is that sometimes when we don't know what to say to God, it helps to shift from us to someone else. Meaning, if you don't know what to say for yourself or on behalf of yourself, if you don't know what to talk to God about in terms of your own life, one thing you can do is lift up someone else in prayer. Bring someone else's request before you. The people that are close to us, we know what they're going through. Sometimes we don't know what they're going through. And they may be struggling with things that we really have no idea just how bad it is. We can lift them up in prayer. We can bring them to God, bring their issues, their circumstances, their battles, their struggles. We can bring that to God and intercede, as the Bible says, on their behalf. Because when you shift your focus, shift your energies from focusing on yourself to now pouring into someone else. Remember, they're not there to hear what you're saying to God. They're not there to see it. You're just doing it out of love for that person or for those people. You're doing it because you want to see them move forward in life. When you pour your energies into someone else, it lifts your spirit. It makes you feel better. So if it is that you find yourself in in that kind of situation or if it is you find yourself in those moments where you don't know what to say to God, perhaps you can try that. Perhaps you can try shifting your focus to your loved ones. How about praying for that brother or that sister of yours? And I'm talking biological brother or sister that is not close to God or doesn't know God or who once knew God but they've since backslidden. Why not lift up the friend who is struggling with depression? It doesn't always have to be about you. And I and I say that with no attitude, with no nothing behind it. It doesn't always have to be about you. Sometimes you can stand in the gap for someone else. So just to recap all or the key things that was said We all feel less than sometimes. We all feel as though we're not as holy or as spiritual as some other people. And can I tell you something? Sometimes those people who appear as though they are right with Jesus are far from right from Jesus. Okay. But they're not ever, they're never going to tell you that. They're never going to come and say, I struggle with this. They're never going to tell you that to deal with stress, they knock down a bottle every night. They're not going to tell you those things. And quite frankly, it's not our business because as I mentioned earlier, when we focus too much on other people, it takes away from our attention on our relationship with God. So when you find that those feelings of inadequacy sneaks up on you and you feel like you're just not that type of Christian, remind yourself that one, 
you're not the only one to feel that way. You're not the first and you're not going to be the last. There are other people who struggle with that too. So that feeling is not unique to you. There are other Christians who do feel as though they're not good enough. Two, remind yourself that there are many examples of upstanding people in the Bible who missed the mark as well, who as much as they were great, they also had their weaknesses. They also had their struggles. So you're in good company. And this is not an excuse to continue, but it should more be an encouragement that, you know what? God loved these people. God used these people. These were powerful men and women of God. But just like me, they had their shortcomings. They made mistakes. Three, focus your attention on your relationship with God. Stop looking at what others are doing. Stop looking at how other people are doing things and focus your attention on developing your relationship with God. It is not fair to be in a relationship with someone and the other person is constantly comparing themselves to someone else. It makes you feel away. So imagine how God feels when you're constantly comparing yourself to another believer. As our faces differ, so do our issues. And because of that, God is working on different areas of everyone's life. So what might be a walkover for you might be a real serious struggle for someone else. And what might be a walkover for them might be a struggle for you. So what you think you see or what you think you know, you really don't. God is working on something in everyone's life. So don't feel bad because you don't sound like so-and-so, you don't act like so-and-so, you don't look like so-and-so. What God is working on in your life may not be what God is working on in their life and vice versa. And lastly, God, which is number four, God doesn't care about perfection. He doesn't want you to look perfect. He doesn't want you to sound perfect. There is no perfect Christian. That person just doesn't exist. That person does not exist. What God wants from us is a willing heart. A heart that says, God... I messed up yesterday, but I'm going to try again today. I failed yesterday, but I want to get up and go again today. That is what God wants. He doesn't want perfection. Thank you for tuning in to this heart-to-heart session of Note to Self Diaries. I really hope that something that I said along the way would have been encouraging to you and would have given you the, the push, you know, that you need to get up and try again, knowing that God doesn't want me perfect. He wants me real. So I'm going to try. I'm going to work towards having a better relationship with him. And I'm not going to look at how other people are doing it because what's going on over there is not what's going on over here. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you thought about today's topic. You can just slide into my DMs on Instagram and just share your feedback with me. I absolutely love hearing from my listeners. And that is where we could, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at her candid life. And while you're there, why not follow? 
For more great episodes, be sure to subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also on Podbean, if that is more your vibe. And if you have an extra 60 seconds, I would absolutely love if you can rate and review Notice Diaries on Apple Podcasts. That way others can find the show and they can enjoy the show as well. Guys, until the next session of NTSD, thank you so much for listening and take care.